Hello and welcome to episode 12, series 3 of the Stress Sessions and this is the final one of the series but I've probably saved the best for last because this is a really lovely honest chat with someone that was really on my level from a mental health perspective. He he was a lovely, lovely guy and I'll talk about more of that in a minute but I just wanted to apologise, like, I've been away for a little while, it's been a little bit busy, I've changed jobs, I'm in the same company but I've changed jobs within that company, it's just been a little bit hectic and I've had lots of other stuff going on. I've been going through some therapy sessions which has knocked my mental health a little bit, I've been suffering from a bit of anxiety, depression um, and I just thought I'd share that really because I've done this to kind of help myself, help other people at the same time but I do myself still suffer from mental illness, it's still there, it's not going away anytime soon, so I do have kind of periods where I'm not great in my head, so I have to kind of go back to basics and just sort of, sort of do the things that I'm used to helping me really, so like exercise and getting off social media from time to time, just kind of doing the good coping mechanisms that are talked about within the stress session, so... Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my next guest, who is the amazing Sam Cushing, who is a social media coach, an athlete, a pianist, and he is huge on social media, particularly on Instagram, where he's got over half a million followers. He rose to fame documenting his travels around the world, particularly in Argentina and Buenos Aires. Um, He's got over one million followers across his social streams. He's really into his fitness, his wellness, music and travel. He's actually struggled with his mental health for his whole life, ever since he was a teenager. And we just talk about stuff like morning routines, meditating, music, and my encounter with the legendary Beatles singer and job interviews. So without further ado, here is The Stress Session, episode 12 of series three, and the final one of the series with Sam Cushing. Hey. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, good. Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. It's what? What time is it there? Look, is it? Is it really early? Do I look like I just woke up? <laughs> no, I can. Do you know what? I can tell by the lighting. It looks like morning light. And it, yeah, yeah, good catch. <laughs> it's it's nine thirty in the morning, <laughs> which isn't really oh, that wow. early. No. I'm okay. No, no, but and, and it's almost the weekend as well. So that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> How about you? You're in London, right? So yeah, so I'm in a place called Milton Keynes, and it's kind oh. of about an hour north of London. So it's yeah, quite close. Okay, okay, okay. Right. And is it two thirty, three thirty? It's half half past five. Oh my gosh! All right, so you're almost yeah. done. <laughs> I'm almost done. Yeah. After you get rid of it's me, it's a... weekend time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a beer. I'm going to go and watch some TV. Nice, <laughs> just, nice, just nice. What is the one song that puts you in a really happy, positive mood and it's guaranteed to, I guess, start your day well? Hmm. The one song that puts me in a really positive mood. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is, uh, so this is kind of cheesy. <laughs> but there's, there's this song that my mom actually used to sing to me every single morning when I would wake up. Um, back when I was, you know, middle school and high school. And it's a song by the Beatles called I Will. And uh, okay. I mean, she literally like walked into my bedroom every single morning and just kind of be humming that that song. So if I'm in a bad mood, that's one that I, um, that's one that I would go to. It's a very, it has a very uplifting melody and it just has a cute message. Um, so I would say that one. 
and the Beatles are awesome as well. So you're into a winner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from from your uh, from your home country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've never really been into the Beatles to be honest. I was probably a bit of a late starter, and inter- well, probably not an interesting story. But I've I've actually met Paul McCartney when I was in um, in at school, and it was in an art gallery, and wow. we just randomly bumped into him and. The, the guy that was taking us around was a bit like, oh, these guys really want to meet you. And I was like, I don't know who this is. I, I actually don't. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, and, and she was like, it's Paul McCartney. And I was just going, oh, that's Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible, though. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I remember yeah. so I, I went to um, not to go into much of a tangent, but I went to London back like seven years ago. It was my, it was my first and only time being there. I absolutely loved I loved the city. I didn't really get to explore too much outside of London. But the coolest thing I remember that I saw was the British Library. Um, There were a bunch of like lyrics that were written on napkins and stuff like that from the Beatles. Like I remember like yesterday, I think was written on a napkin and just seeing Mm. that was like, wow. So yeah, I'm a huge fan. Just for people's benefit of listening to this podcast, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So um, I'm currently in, in digital marketing. Um, which is actually what I, I went to the University of Illinois. I studied um, both marketing and supply chain management, graduated cum laude um, with that dual degree. And I sort of have an interesting story. It's a bit, it's a bit all over the place. Um, when I graduated, I was, I was on this very clear cut trajectory. I um, you know, had studied business for the past four years. I had prepped in high school for that, for that education. Um, so eight years. And then I proceeded on to become a consultant at this company called... Um, PwC, it's one of the big four accounting firms. So I was very much in like the corporate America, um, a bit stuffy, you know, white button up collared shirts, um, that whole world. And I and I, I moved to New York as soon as I graduated and um, was traveling Monday through Thursday, every single week to the client site and not like glamorous traveling, like sort of uh, exhausting traveling. And about two years in, I just, I just had this realization that, you know, regardless of the fact that this was the what I had worked so hard for like basically my entire life it just didn't feel like um, it just didn't feel authentic to me or who I was like I'm a very I'm a very musical person like I I write music on the piano I think I'm a bit more creative and me sitting behind you know excel spreadsheets um, day in and day out just kind of plugging and chugging numbers it just wasn't and and very little human interaction it just wasn't um, it just wasn't it just wasn't me it wasn't a life that I felt was authentic to me if that makes any sense um, so I so I left there, and I actually moved abroad for two years. Um, I, I lived and worked in both Buenos Aires and Argentina, and then um, later in Medellin, Colombia, at a tech company. Um, all the while, while I was down there, I began accruing um, a bit of a social media presence, just kind of like do- documenting and highlighting uh, my life while I was abroad. You know, it was kind of like an intriguing concept, I guess. Like I was just kind of I was by myself. I had never been to those places before. Um, I barely even spoke the language. Now, now I've, I've since become bilingual. I speak Spanish now. I had to. Um, and two years after that experience, when I decided that, okay, I need to come back home. Like I miss my family. I miss my friends. Um, I miss my country. I sort of had this thought to myself, like, okay, like, do I, do I return back to corporate America, which is, you know, what my resume really bodes for and like what my education um, is, is, is conducive to and or um, is there some way where I can kind of marry the two, like marry the social media presence uh, with my marketing background and marketing you know, knowledge? 
so that's what, I, what I've been doing for the past year and a half. I, I, I started my own, my own LLC. Um, I started my own business and um, I've been working with clients sort of in like two different capacities. One, like the standard, like influencer, I guess you could say route, um, helping, helping brands promote their products and, um, you know, helping co-develop like different advertising campaigns with them. And then the second is a bit more of um, like traditional consulting. So if any brand needs help with like an overarching digital marketing strategy, I'll help them with that. So um, it's been an interesting journey, and I, uh, uh, it's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself because I, I think I'm, I think I just hit the the million, the million follower and or subscriber mile mark across socially. So kind of an, a cool feat, a cool milestone for me. And you, you're really great at what you do as well because I've I've taken a look at well I've, I've obviously done my research. I've looked a lot on your social streams and your the, the way that you create your content is really engaging and it's it's really well it's it's different to what other people do because you kind of I think you can you kind of resonate with whoever's kind of watching your your content don't you so it's kind of thank you it's an it's it's an easy watch I think because you kind of know your audience you identify with them and yeah it's just it's they're just quite nice to watch things thank you thank you yeah I mean I try and um, as, as much as I can just be like a, a, I don't know, like try and be as positive as I can and, and try and inject a little bit of like levity, I guess. Um, but yeah, my content has really always spanned like four different, four different like pillars, four different categories, fitness, um, wellness, music, and then travel, which obviously right now is, has, has taken, is, is, has gone by the wayside a bit, but those were always my four passions. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool that there have been a lot of people that have also, you know, found that that, that those passions and that those pillars resonate with them as well. Uh, before we kind of get into the whole mental health side of things, is there anything in your life that makes you particularly anxious? So I guess you're putting yourself out there on social media, yes. you're creating loads of content, you're, you're, you're a musician as well. So you're kind of showcasing that side of it. Is there anything that kind of you think, oh God, that makes me feel so anxious? Um, in relation to social media, you mean? Just, I think just in everyday life. Yeah. 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 I mean, part of the reason why I was really excited to have this conversation is because, uh, candidly mental health is, it's, it's something that I've struggled with, like almost, almost my whole life for as long as I can remember. Um, hmm. even pre, even pre social media, I just, um, there are a lot of things <laughs> I, I could talk endlessly about the things that, that make me anxious and that give me anxiety in um in a typical day but yeah i mean with respect to social media there's there's certainly something like anxiety written about it because you're putting yourself out there for you know like i said about a million people to to see and to scrutinize and to judge and um i think for me i've come a long way because like looking back at at, at my former self like pre-social media like my high school self i was so concerned with what people thought of me you know i just like i really like and not not i mean I, i don't consider it to have been a narcissistic way I just like genuinely was so upset if I found that people didn't like me or if I like um was impacting someone else negatively like I I just really didn't like that concept so it's it's been a learning curve because on social media there are going to be a lot of people that that just don't like you or um, don't like the projected image of you and so um for that I guess I'm grateful because I've had to develop a, a bit of a thicker skin um, the anxiety is still there. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I've tried to find different, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I've tried to find different coping mechanisms to, to handle that. 
um, it's still there. It's really just about mitigating it. You're kind of putting yourself out there every single day. Like literally, you you put content on out into the world every single day, and you, like you said already, you've probably had some criticism from people on that basis. Would you? How would you say that? If you've ever received criticism, that is, how has that kind of affected your mental health personally? Yeah, I mean, you sort of just have to you 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 have to build a bit of a um, like a protective layer, I guess, and say, you know what? At the end of the day, if there are people that are that are criticizing you, as long as the people in your inner circle who who, who genuinely know you and know your heart and know your intentions, most importantly, um, and as long as they're like giving you the thumbs up all the while, like those people that you respect that's that's what really matters because um you know for as for as much as like even for myself like i try and be like as as open and as authentic as i can um you know putting out different videos i'll talk about things like mental health and um like my battles with anxiety and stuff like that for, for as much as you do that at the end of the day like there is there is still a bit of a divide like there there there, there will never be an ability to fully know um who a content creator is based on a, a myopic set a very one-dimensional set of photos or even a few videos for that matter right like i'm 28 years old so like that's 28 years of my life that you reduce to like a few a few um a few pieces of content so so it's impossible to um to have an accurate judgment of that person and and and, and who they are um so i just kind of have to remember that like if i've ever received any sort of criticism that um you know, it's maybe not an attack on on me, on on, on Sam Cushing personally, um, and I would I would say this to any other content creator out there. It's 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 an attack on 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 the projected image of that person, and I think it's really more reflective of the person who's attacking. Um, I don't know about you, but like I just I, I I genuinely couldn't imagine going on someone else's like post and <laughs> like spewing negative comments. I just unless I was in a really bad mental state of mind. So I just kind of have to remember that. Yeah, I think when that happens, it's kind of they're, I don't know, it sounds stupid in a way, but they're kind of attacking themselves because they're obviously not happy with with their life. So they feel the need to then attack somebody else that they're, I guess, jealous of in a way. So Mm. I think that it's, it kind of says something about the person that's doing it because they obviously need, they obviously need help or they obviously need to be taught something (laughs) um, Mm. because they're obviously not happy. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting with social media, right? Because there's there's anonymity around it, and 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 it's it, it's interesting the sort of things that people will say when, um, you know, they don't have to reveal their identity. I guess a lot of your content that you put out is is you've mentioned it already, but around coping mechanisms for mental illness. So you put stuff out there like morning routines, meditating. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of exercise. You play the piano. Do those things help you, or is there other kind of stuff that you've tried and tested oh my that work better? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, I would say two things. Um, first and foremost, music for me, like that, is a, an excellent creative outlet. That I, um, you know, I'm aware that not everyone is is musically inclined, um, but for me, having some sort of like creative expression, a creative outlet, some sort of hobby like that. Um, it doesn't have to be music is so therapeutic like I just find that if I'm in if I'm down if I'm sad or even if I'm really happy like the place that I gravitate towards is is my my piano right now I'm in LA so I have a keyboard Um, so that's where you know if I'm if I'm going through something I usually just end up there and it really keeps me grounded do you think that 
a lot of creative people do suffer from mental illnesses because their brain's constantly in overdrive so they're constantly thinking about stuff so they're they are really creative like for example you and to some extent me maybe (laughs) you play do you play an instrument no i write poems sometimes so my thing is i'll um i so if, if i'm particularly like anxious when I wake up I'll get up go for a walk at like seven o'clock in the morning and then we've got a lake just down the road from where I live Amazing. so I'll do a lap of the lake and I'll sort of like dictate into my phone a poem and I've started putting them up on my social streams but um they're not like the best mm-hmm. but I think if I wasn't creatively capable I wouldn't be able to do stuff like that so I just think that yeah that might be it, that's think. okay i mean i don't think i don't think my song my, my 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 pieces that i compose are the best either but i feel like it's it's more about <laughs> it's more about the process right like the fact that i mean first of all i think that's so cool like I, poetry I, I i don't think i have a way with words <laughs> so i think poetry would be so far outside of my realm of com- of comfort um so props to you for 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 doing that um and again i think it's just the idea of having some sort of creative outlet that's just so like um I don't know. That's like the ultimate meditation, especially if you're by some body of water. That's nice that you have the lake. It's very, very tranquil, very soothing. I guess it sounds cliche. Um, and I know that there's like, I know that there's like this perceived like narcissistic element into, you know, wanting your body to look really great. But, but, but genuinely like fitness for me, like, yes, it's nice. It's nice when I feel confident about myself. Like when I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, like I'm looking good. Like I'm doing good. Like that's a, that that helps me mentally. But beyond that, like, there's just genuinely something like physiologically about it. When I, when I work out or or get some sort of exercise, it doesn't even have to be weightlifting. Um, I just feel so much better about myself. I feel more confident. I feel ready, more ready to tackle the day. Um, so that's another thing I turn to. I mean, if I'm, again, like if I'm having a down day, just going for like a run or like, um, doing, getting down and doing like, you know, a hundred pushups, something like that. It just, it's something about it just kind of triggers me and, and, it, and it's, um, that's always been my time to myself, you know, I'll, I'll pop in my headphones, um, and just kind of reflect, um, do some deep breathing. And, uh, I almost always come out on the other side feeling better. Do you try and incorporate stuff like that into your daily routine as well? So you, do you sort of like incorporate it in so that it's it's there every single day so you know that you're doing that? Because I think that when it comes to looking after your mental well-being, you do have to kind of put in a bit of a routine. And I think that it sounds like you might be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for 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 consistency. Um, I mean, it's really just it's, it's a matter of building a habit and sticking to that that's that's important do i always abide by it no like do i always wake up and first thing in the morning work out no (laughs) um do i try to yes you know and i think um it's interesting i actually just read this book um called um, uh, atomic habits was the title of it and and the author of it um dissects the the importance of of building habits and how that takes effect on your mental health um and really rebuilding your confidence so i've been trying to i've been really trying to stick by a schedule to your point and just um you know committing to 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 uh, you know that regiment i suppose but yeah i definitely like i definitely screw up from time to time i i have all the intentions of having a routine like i think most people do but i only stick to it sporadically so i'll 
I think I'll have like a week on where I'm I'm really really good and I'll be like right I'm doing this today yeah I'm gonna be doing that tomorrow and I'll put like a I guess a schedule in for that week mm-hmm. and then the weekend comes Monday comes around and it's all gone out the window and I'm back to kind of yeah. uh I don't know what I'm doing I can't be bothered to get up <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what helps me actually like if I lay out I, I don't know if it, this pertains to working not necessarily for you but let's say it pertains to like you know writing poetry or, or whatever or, or going for a walk around the lake um that Sunday night just like set your clothes down on your bed or like put put the shoes right by the door like put your your mm. poetry book like right by your bedside table something like that so you kind of like um you basically lessen the resistance that you might face that Monday morning because it's like all right it's already there I'm just gonna do it um and that first step is always the hardest but I don't know I mean for me it's like I guess it's less about the order in each respective day like it's not the end of the world if the first thing I, I do isn't like work out or the first thing I do isn't you know answering those emails for me it's more about like I'll have a checklist and I'm like okay at least if like by the end of the day if I can get this stuff done I'll feel accomplished I'll feel better about myself and you do feel better once you've completed something as well, don't you? So if you've got that 100%. checklist, it's yeah, it's sure. it's a good feeling. For sure, for sure. You've sort of said that you suffered from mental illnesses in the past and uh, like still kind of put coping mechanisms in place to help yourself every day. Yeah. What mental illness have you suffered from? Is it kind of just anxiety or anything yeah. further than that? Yeah, I mean, mo- I would say mostly anxiety, and I feel like the um, the accumulation and the buildup of that over time, and just like you know, constant like perpetual worry, um, psychologically can lead to a bit of depression as well. Like it, it manifests in that way over time. Um, so I would say the two kind of go hand in hand. Um, but first and foremost, for me, historically, it's been anxiety. I mean, it's it's something that um, runs in my family. Uh, my mom suffers with it really badly and my brother suffers with it as well. Um, so, I um, mean, it's something that I suffer with and <clears throat> I talk about this in a, in a YouTube video of mine, but when I was younger and even, even, even uh, through today, it's manifested itself in such peculiar ways for me. Like I have, I have a bit of like a, an anxious tick like in my in my face I don't know if you've noticed it usually I'm pretty I'm pretty conscious about not doing it when I'm talking to someone face to face but like maybe like when you're not looking I'll kind of just like, tw- like it's almost a twitch it's like a twitch in the eye oh, okay. or like a, um, yeah or kind of like a like a like a pulling or tension in the neck or just weird things like that when I was younger I used to kind of go like this I used to kind of like crack oh, okay. my, my yeah, thumb yeah. to a point where like I used to do it so much if you see this is this is curved here, my thumb, right? Mm. This one's not even curved anymore because I used to do it. I used to do it so oh, much. Well. Yeah, mm. so I, I don't. I, and to this day, I still, um, I still don't exactly know like the psychology behind why I do it. I've just always um, believed that it's some sort of like release of of stress or like release of tension. So that's like, that's been something that I've struggled with. Cause you know, when I was younger, you know, like in middle school and high school, you kind of get bullied for stuff like that. Or people would be like, why are you winking at me? I'm like, shoot, like I'm not winking. <laughs> it's just like a nervous tick. Um, but you know, through things like, again, like through things like music and, 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 um, and fitness. And even the third thing that we haven't yet talked about, um, just talking with people, right? Like conversations like this or like talking with, I'm, I'm grateful because I have, I really do have such a, such a solid, support system 
of, of friends and of family who have got me through thick and thin. And I, and I genuinely don't think I'd, I feel like I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have that. I, I just, I could not imagine not having um, some incredible friendships with whom I've been able to soundboard and like vent and just like talk about this stuff with. Um, so that is, that's helped me cope a lot over the years. I, I think that having the, the ability to talk, which not everybody does because obviously that's kind of the reason why I've, I've done this so that people can hopefully begin those conversations because they'll feel confident enough to. But I think like you just right. said, even us just having this conversation now, you've mm-hmm. you've helped me by saying, oh, I do this. I The thing that I do is set my clothes out before I go to sleep. I'll put my trainers by the door like to go out in the morning. I'm going to go and try that now. And that's, mm. that's kind of, that's helped me already. So I, good, I've never good. done that before. So good, good. Well, I'll tell you this, you're helping me because at the end of this conversation, I'm going to leave feeling like a sense of relief that I was able to just chat with someone. <laughs> so thank you. Know what? I mean, no, truly, thank, like... you, thank you. Thank you for creating this space. It, it, they're, they're so valuable. And I think also like, maybe this is something you wanted to touch on. Um, but there's just, there's such a stigma and I'm curious like how, it, how, how, how our cultures take play in this because maybe there isn't as much in the UK, but at least in the States, um, it's changing for sure for the better, but there's, there's certainly still a stigma um, around mental health. And especially if you're a male, I feel like there's this, um, almost like this pervasive toxic masculinity, right? Where it's like, you have to be, um, you can't show emotions. You can't, you cannot cry. Like I kind of, it kind of makes me think about like the socialization, at least, at least in my, in my country of how we, um, you know, teach males to, to, um, to show emotion. And really there is no, A, there's no teaching. B, if there is, it's all about suppressing it. Um, and it's almost like a more, I was talking with my friend who's a psychologist and like she, 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 um, she brought up a really good point that, a lot of people are pointing to like old Western films as a marker for um, how we treat mental health, especially um, amongst males in our country. And it's almost like in those films, it's sort of in Hollywood in general, historically it's been almost romanticized and it's been painted as like a noble thing to, um, if you're struggling, it's almost more honorable in some of those films to just take your own life before, God forbid, before you talk about your sadness or your suffering, um, so it's really messed up when you when you when you think about it. And I and I I hope that we're we're getting to a place where um, our government, our culture, our society, we're all treating mental health at least on par with physical health because to me they're of equal importance. It's getting better. It's definitely getting better, but it can yeah. be even better. And I think that, like you said, until mental and physical health are treated equally, or even mental health is above the physical health, because yeah. I think. A lot, your, a lot your mind people. controls your body. I mean, that's the root of all. Exactly. Of that. Yeah, I think it's got, got a lot to do with upbringing as well. So I think that if you're brought up in a family that is that, so I, I I'll go back to my childhood. So when I was up to when I was a teenager, or even even after until I moved out of the house, my dad worked endlessly. He was he worked very early in the morning up till right right into the evening and we didn't really see him a lot but when we did see him he he had this he cut I think he felt like he had to be the man in the house he had to put on this front where he couldn't show any kind of not negative emotion but kind of any 
emotion that showed feelings of sadness or anything like that. So I think that until I hit a certain point where I was like, oh no, I can't, I can't act like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I'd hit that point where I had a mental illness. And it wasn't until my wife sort of said, oh no, you, I think you're struggling. I think you need to go and get help. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that can I, can I, can I does... ask you, can I, can I, can I ask you what, what sort of, um, can I turn the question back around on you? Like what, what sort of mental illness would you say that, that you face in your day to day? So I've got anxiety and depression. So I've got, I was diagnosed with anxiety about four, four or five years ago. Okay. And I've never been diagnosed with depression, but I know that I've had it because I've, I've gone through periods of my life where it's just been so, so difficult. And I felt like I'm trapped in a hole that I will never get out of mm-hmm. until I put those really good coping mechanisms in place that will literally pull me kicking and screaming out of that hole, <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> the other crazy thing is i mean of course you and i don't know each other super well yet right but like you seem like such a chipper happy happy guy and it's it just like it just makes me think like you can't judge a book by it by its cover and like um i think people think the same about me like i think that i like tend to be a pretty smiley like pretty engaging engaging um like i guess like happy guy or at least like that's like the perception but um, you know, it doesn't discriminate depression, anxiety, those things that they don't discriminate. And so I think it's just important that like, as a society, we, um, we really lead with empathy and understanding in our, in our day to day that, you know, you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. And the thing is as well, is that because people have been able to kind of put that front on for, I don't know, years and years and years, and they've had the, the kind of experience of doing that, it, it's going to take a little while to get to that point where I guess the mask comes off and people can actually show their true feelings and right. are comfortable in doing it. So I, th- I think, so for, in- for instance, I, I've said this to every person I've spoken to on this podcast, but I'm absolutely bricking it every time I do one of these because I'm a bit like, I don't know the person I'm speaking to. What they might be... I mean, what's, what's, what is, what's bricking it? As in like, I'm so nervous to speak yeah. to the other person because <laughs> I was like, kind of, I was kind of too <laughs> no but because you you don't so all of the people I'm speaking to in this series are kind of like people that I'd be like wow they're like kind of celebrity sort of thing and oh, I'm always I, I always put people on a bit of a, a pedestal so that yeah. I'm a bit like oh they might just think I'm like stupid or or whatever oh my gosh and that's it, yeah it's so funny because I I mean genuine like I genuinely i i kind of feel the same way before logging on i was like oh my gosh what am i going to talk about i don't know like <laughs> and i put you on a pedestal i'm like this is so cool that this guy is like you know hosting these these conversations like that's so super ambitious of you to do and super admirable so it's just it's interesting because um i don't know i mean like it, it's crazy how two different people can perceive the same situation but feel so differently about it yeah and it's 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 just it's weird how your brain works isn't it because I, yeah. I always build these things up to be like oh what if the, the person I'm speaking to is gonna hate me what if they're gonna just take an instant dislike to me and be same, like and just and just completely we... clam up <laughs> yeah why do we do that you know, I wish sometimes I could be like um I don't know like you know how there's just like those really like like uh like cocky 
arrogant like people that just yeah. are blissfully <laughs> unaware of like their cockiness I'm like god sometimes like I I wouldn't actually want to be that kind of person but like there's there's something kind of nice about it it's like they just have no like they don't they don't give an f about anything like they, they they're they're never putting themselves down thinking that everyone else is like on this pedestal um I kind of wish that I had that a little bit but again, I think it's a journey, right? I think that like uh, it, it it all goes hand in hand. Like the anxiety, the um, the depression, like um, uh, the continual pursuit of like of conf of building self confidence. I think that it, that that it's all tied together. Um, kind of going back to what you were saying, do you feel like any sort of, I guess, like shame in 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 talking about it? Because I know for me. Um, I, I, I don't know if shame is the right word because I, I actually don't I don't I don't necessarily feel like shame, but I but I do feel um, like for me to reveal and constantly be talking about like anxiety or depression or mental health, it's like well shoot I also don't want to burden somebody else's I don't want to like bring someone else someone else down with like my um, crappy day right so it's sort of this weird feeling of like okay I want to like open up and like be real vulnerable and like have this conversation with you and not always put on like a, a happy-go-lucky front but at the same time it's like I also don't want to bring you down do you ever feel that uh, I used to I used to feel like that because before last year I could count on both my hands the amount of people that knew I suffered from, with a mental illness and mm. since I've been doing these I've told thousands and thousands and thousands of people I suffer with mental illness I don't care I don't I, I lit I don't I don't care what I think that once you hit that point where you're comfortable in talking about it to anybody so for instance I started a new job a couple of months ago mm, I happily yeah. I happily opened up about it in my job interview mm-hmm. and I feel like if you're cut that comfortable then it's it's fine I, I know what you mean though because you kind of think that by speaking about it a lot you're gonna be like oh well who's this guy what's he why does he just keep banging on about mental health and all this <laughs> stuff but I think that on the flip side of that the amount of people that come back and sort of say no it's really really good that you're doing this it that's what I think keeps me going is the people that come out and sort of say oh you've actually helped me by speaking to this person or by putting up this post or doing yeah. this Instagram story by getting the people that come out and say that I've helped them that sort mm-hmm. of spurs me on to keep going um I, I don't know about you I don't know how you kind of yeah I mean for sure it could kind of going back to the to like the professional job component to this I remember always feeling like well geez like if I'm in some in like some hiring process and if the company is choosing between two equally qualified candidates and there's one who's you know openly like depressed or anxious or struggles with that and there's one who's not in my head it's like well I mean easy choice like let's go with the one who's not so like and and and, and I I mean I don't think that that's the case I I I hope that that's not the case um but that was always kind of like a a deterrent for me I guess in 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 talking about it but now I'm kind of of the mindset that I, I and I would hope that others feel the same way that um, there, it takes courage and bravery, I think, like for you to do what you're doing and for you to like in those in that interview um, to, to talk about that openly. Like that's not something that everyone would do. And I think that's very telling of um, of the sort of like employee, the sort of worker that you'd be um, a, a brave one. Well, I, I do think that a couple of years ago, 
me or somebody could have gone into that interview and opened up about that and it would have jeopardized their job offer they they might not have got that job but i think that because the world is changing and that these stigmas are slowly being broken down i think that that should and and will become the norm in the future i think that people will be able to go into a job interview and be opened about who they are not be judged for what they're wearing or what they look like or their history or their mental health and i yeah i think that we will and we are slowly moving towards a world that is accepting of that yeah for sure and like i guess the reality is if you um like if you're in a situation where the company's not comfortable with it it's probably not the company for you (laughs) You yeah exactly yeah yeah i remember actually like this is one of my biggest takeaways at the at my first job that i had the one that i was telling you about it was very like excel heavy the consulting Mm. job um i remember i was at orientation for it and one of the the partners of the firm um, gave like this really powerful speech. And, and, and one of the things that he said is um, the most, the most exhausting thing in, in life is to be inauthentic. And that just, it just really stuck with me. It, Cause it's so true. Like I remember back in um, I'm gay by the way. So, so, so back, back in, back in high school, I remember being like a member of the LGBT community and kind of coming out mm-hmm. and like simultaneously kind of dealing with this like social anxiety, just all of it was so much for me. And I would come back after school every day and just be like totally wiped like so like I would like I was just exhausted like my body my mind like it just couldn't it couldn't handle all like it was just constant worry and stress and like about dumb stuff too um and it just it's it, it goes back to what you're saying where it's like if you can just be open and honest with who you are the good and the bad like the 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 positive stuff and the struggles that you're facing that's I think where people will find the most success like you were saying earlier with the people that who are, are really really confident and they just go into any situation with this like this is my situation mm-hmm. i'm going to take it mm-hmm. those people will be ha- will have a mask on they that they won't be like that 24 7 they won't be that really confident person every hour of the day that will be their sort of like game face where they're like i have to be like this to to take control of the situation mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten they'll they'll be suffering from a mental health problem because they're having to live that sort of life i think but yeah yeah that's a that's a good point maybe they just do a better job repressing it which um probably is actually a worse alternative so all right well we're perfect the way we are then it's it's settled (laughs) (laughs) you said that you've had a really good kind of inner circle of people that have helped you in difficult situations is is there any kind of situations that you've been in where you haven't had the help that you've needed in a in a certain situation yeah i mean like i guess i guess like with coming out uh, that was i guess that was a situation that um, you know not everyone could relate to back at the time just because all my friends like you know I, i didn't i just back when i was 15 years old when i came out like i didn't have a lot of friends who were also gay so it was just harder for them mm. to identify with that um so I guess that's what that's that's definitely one that comes to mind um also per your earlier point I do think that like the sort of like creative musical part of me um makes me very introspective and like I can I can just have days where I'm like I don't know like, I just kind of want to be alone and like I'm just very like 
reflective about the world, like the state of the world, and like where things are heading, and just all these like crazy thoughts, right? Um, and I think that that's something that I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have many people in my inner circle that have that um, that personality trait. So I guess that would be another thing that like sometimes it's like hard to identify with. But um, beyond that, I think for the most part, I've um, I've been really, really lucky with 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 the friendships and and family that I have, and um, and I have gone through periods where where I'll I'll see a therapist as well. So like that's a that supplements really nicely. Like it's it's. I think it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing to have someone that you pay like literally whose job it is is just to listen to you, to mm-hmm. listen to you to um, help reframe things in a more positive light, and um, just to kind of like, yeah, just 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 to provide a very objective viewpoint, right? Like they have no ulterior motives, like they have no um, or very little biases, right? Like I think that that's that's a very wonderful thing for people to have. It's interesting you brought up the, the therapy side of it because yeah. I think until I think there's still a stigma about in in this in in the UK of going to see a counselor or a therapist to to Is get there? help. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I feel like in the US there isn't as much because I, I don't know if it's just based on kind of television programs that I watch or films that I've seen where yeah. a, a lead character or somebody that's a lead character's been to see a therapist because they need to for a certain reason. But mm. I've I've always felt like in the UK, up in like I said, I still think there is a stigma around going and see a seeing a therapist. Is is it kind of like a normal thing in the US? Would you say? I think it completely depends because this this country is so big, right? Like, and culturally, <laughs> it's so diverse. Like, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to like categorize one region over the other, but. Um, I'm in LA right now, for example, and I feel like here and just in California in general, it's a very progressive state. I think it's more normalized um, than perhaps parts of like, I'm from the Midwest. So perhaps parts of the Midwest or, or from the South. I, 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 um, I think it really, it really depends. And I think that Hollywood and like the movies and TV shows that you see, I think that the people who tend to um, be in that world come from like, you know, California or come from LA or something where it is more normal. So um, yeah, don't let that fool you. I, def- I definitely think that that this country needs a lot of work still to, to make therapy um, normal and okay and to rid the stigma surrounding it. Because I, I, I have therapy weekly at the minute because okay. I... Well, I'm I'm constantly going through problems. I've got stuff that I'm dealing with from the past, and I think that if I stop seeing a therapist, especially in this current situation, I'd just literally nosedive probably. So <laughs> it must it massively <laughs> helps me. Just, just and and, it, and it's also sort of like it it stops me from, I guess, overloading onto my onto my wife because we're just living in the same house together constantly, twenty four seven. And to speak yeah. to somebody else about your problems really, really helps. Do you kind of have the same thing where you kind of think, oh, I'm speaking to somebody that I don't know that well. I can just tell them anything. They can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, I mean, part of the reason like a few years back when I had, when I, when I, when I got one was because I felt, I felt the same way as, as you do with your wife, right? Where it's like, I felt like I was putting so much pressure on my friends 
to be to like be an acting therapist for me and I was like okay this just isn't fair so let me like let me let me let me find someone whose literal job it is to um to provide that that perspective um and yeah it's nice so the, the one thing I will say that I struggle with and this is just like a personal struggle sometimes I run out of things to talk about <laughs> like for an hour I'm like okay shoot like and then that that in and of itself is like an anxiety for me where it's like okay 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 fill the awkward silence like I need to talk about this like keep like think it you know what I mean <laughs> so um but that's just my own that's my own personal thing for the for the most part i would definitely say it's a it's a huge net gain i get that as well though because one week i'll i'll sort of say to my wife oh, i think i'm going to cancel this week because i feel like i haven't got enough stuff going on in my head to fill an hour because i'll just be literally rambling crap for 45 minutes <laughs> and have and they'll be sitting there thinking why is he here but every time i go and so I, I sit in this room so i've got i've made so this is kind of like my study and it's not done because the door's okay. disgusting but <laughs> i've got like a beanbag <laughs> down there in the corner and i'll literally put my laptop on the floor and just sit in this beanbag and put a candle on and just just nice. sit there and chill like and talk to the therapist nice. yeah and i never i never run out of stuff to say ever mm-hmm. even if i'm thinking this is going to be difficult because mm-hmm. I've got one thing that's bothering me. And I think that's their job in a way, isn't it? To to fill the gaps and make sure that they're right. getting as much out of you as they possibly can. So Right, yeah. right. And, and sometimes those gaps, those silences are equally as, as powerful as a, as a time of reflection. Do you meditate? No. So I, I've tried it. I've, I've sort of tried it. So you yeah. know the Headspace app? Yeah, yeah. I've got that. But the guy that, <laughs> it's going to sound really bad, the guy that um, does the voiceover for it just irritates me. He, I just don't, <laughs> I don't like his voice. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But I think I need to, Let I think. thoughts roll above the mountain and pretend that they're clouds rolling above the mountaintops. He always says that. <laughs> well, you, you would be more interesting than the guy that does it. So. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But, um, I've I have tried it and it's good. I think it's good for when I'm just about to go to sleep. But I haven't done it for a kind of a prolonged period where I think that it will have its best effect. Do you meditate? I I go through spurts. Like I'll 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 get on this meditation kick where I'm like, okay, I know the benefits of it. I know that this is such a wonderful thing to do for my mind, for my body. Like it's really important to do, and I'll do it. But it always, um, like I've been really negligent with it recently. Um, But it's just like, sometimes it does feel like a bit of a task. And I I don't want it to feel like that. I want to get to a place where it feels like, like I do with working out, where it's like, I'm excited to go to the gym. Like I want to also feel that with meditation. I was like, I'm excited for like that 10, 10, 20 minutes to myself sitting on the floor on my bed or wherever it is. Um, And I haven't haven't yet cracked that code. Um, And I, I just need to get there. I've seen you do yoga on your Instagram and stuff like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I've never brought myself to do it. I'd love to try it. And my wife's tried it. My wife did oh my it God, but I'm actually. so bad. At, I'm bad at yoga though. <laughs> like <laughs> I did it yesterday and like, I'm so sore. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not flexible. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, but it's not funny I, because you probably see my you you probably saw my Instagram. We're like, wow, he does yoga all the time, and he's yeah, like, this. Yeah, 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 no, <laughs> no, no. I was like, I want to be more like this guy. He does yoga <laughs> every day, and you're like, no, I don't do yoga. <laughs>
Yeah, social media is an illusion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. This, I mean, this is probably a question that no, I, I ask this in every single podcast, but it's, it's a question that nobody has yet been able to answer. And I think you'd need to be a complete genius to even touch the tip of the iceberg. But, but how do you personally think that we can beat the stigmas around mental health? Hmm. Yeah, that's a loaded question, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I do think that first and foremost, it's about um, acknowledgement, right? Like first, you, before, you can, before you can rectify a problem, you first have to acknowledge it. And um, just like edu- edu- education of like what the signs are, right? Like, are you, um, are you feeling fatigued? Has your appetite um, uh, gotten, gotten more or less? Are you feeling tired a lot recently? I think that that the more education that there is around the science and then the more self-awareness there is that like okay crap like this might be something that that applies to me and then secondly um conversations like this i think are huge are monumental right and normalizing it and making it a thing to talk about um to then potentially go get help for it i think that that's i mean i don't know i'm no i'm i'm no expert in this at all but like it feels like that's at least a step in the right direction I think the talking aspect of it is is huge because I think like, like we were saying earlier, the just us talking about it is is massive because you would have boosted my mental well being. I think by just us talking, and then I'd like right. to think that it's too, it's had the same sort of effect on you. Yeah, so and yeah, it's yeah. The, the power of conversation is is massive, and I think that the more people that have these sort of conversations the the easier those easier life will be and the the stigmas will begin to break down I think for sure for sure I mean I think that like that's that's at like an individual level and really like a cultural level I suppose um and then I think there's a second piece too of like I do think that it's incumbent upon the government at some point to um to begin treating mental illness on par with physical illness. Like, I think it's pretty messed up that, um, like my friend who's a psychologist, she tells me that like the insurance policies are so out of whack and like, just don't, like they're like a lot of her clients, their insurance policies just like don't cover the therapy or like they don't cover all these mental health related things. Um, but they would like um, any sort of physical thing. And it's like, it's interesting to me because the brain is an organ much like um, any other part of the body and like if you if you if you break your arm and you go and you and and uh, it's more it's easier to get treatment for that right whereas like if you have a broken brain I feel like the common response is um, is much different and it's less empathetic and it just doesn't feel like um, they're treated the same and they should be but we're it's, getting there yeah it's so the first time I went to see a doctor for my anxiety I remember going into the waiting room I was so so nervous about just literally telling somebody oh I think I've got a problem with my brain because how, like, how do you go about starting that conversation it's just such a weird concept to even begin mm-hmm. and when I spoke to them they were like oh there's a there's an eight month waiting list to see a therapist so yeah you can either do that or you can pay for it and I was like well obviously I'm going to pay for it <laughs> so and it's it's just wow. It's just stuff like that that just I think needs to change quickly because there will be a lot of people in in that situation that won't be as lucky as what I am to pay be able to pay for it. They won't be able to afford even an hour's therapy session a week. 
so right. or even a month so it's right. it, yeah you're right it needs to change yeah yeah well i think i think that we've definitely taken a few steps in the right direction now definitely cats or dogs dogs phone calls or text messages phone calls city break do you yeah yeah texting oh, I, you I hate it. speaking on the phone i hate speaking on the phone i just i don't like speaking to people without seeing them i've got this you know what i love right. you know what i really love and i'm, I'm curious if, if if they're normalized to use in the uk here they're not voice notes like I, yeah. I, they feel so much more efficient to me. I feel like through text, you just, you lose like the intonation, like things come off differently and there's so many miscommunications over text. I just, um, I definitely prefer a phone call. So city break or beach holiday? Oh geez. Um, I, a few years ago, I would have said city hands down. I'm in a much more like chill state of mind these days. So I would say beach. Bath or shower? Shower. Plan ahead or take each day as it comes. It used to be plan ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be better about taking each day as it comes. A good book or a good film? A good film. And then this is the final one, the morning or the evening? Evening. Everybody said the you? evening. I, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, <laughs> so I think that's a question I've picked because I can't answer it myself. I think it depends on what the day is, I think. <laughs> It totally depends on the day. It totally depends. I, I, I mean, I love, I love a good like Saturday morning, waking up, making some eggs, and the sun is shining outside, and I do like that. But I also, I don't know. Strangely enough, I actually find that I'm more productive at nighttime. I don't know why. I, I find that like my brain begins to really like pick up speed at that time of day. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and it's been really, really great chatting to you. And I've got a lot out of it. It's been really good. Really cool. I have to. I have to. Thank you. Thank you for facilitating the space. Have a good day. You too. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Speak to you later. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank you so much to Sam for coming on the stress sessions. That was a really, really lovely, enjoyable chat. And I just want to apologise to Sam. I've done a lot of apologising on this episode, but sorry to Sam for leaving it for so long for putting that episode out because that was actually I say this about lots of them but that was one of my favorites because he was such a lovely guy to chat to we went through lots of different things that I don't think I've spoken about on the stress sessions before and I could really resonate with some of the stuff that he's been through from and he's been on a completely different walk of life from me as well so it was really really great to speak to him and I just love that I'm able to do this thing and chat to so many great people and kind of speak to people from, like I said, all walks of life about mental illness, mental health and how people cope with everyday life, really. Because for the past two years, how bloody difficult has it been just living? I feel like it's been so hard just to wake up and get ready and put some clothes on, have a shower, brush your teeth and just get going and in into the day it's been so difficult to just get going and keep going for the past couple of years and just well done to everybody that has pulled through on this pandemic and apologies and sorry for everybody that's lost their loved ones during this time because it's been such a hard difficult period for every single person um so 
Yeah, thank you so much to everybody who has listened to and followed the stress sessions on Instagram and social media. It means so much to me because I started this journey just as a little project that I thought, oh, a, a podcast would be cool. I'm not very good at speaking. I write as a day job, but the, my whole kind of vocal and spoken word has not been very good. So I thought I'd just start this to kind of boost my confidence, speak about my mental health journey and hopefully help out some people along the way. So people that have kind of been there from the beginning, thank you so much. People that have just joined and started listening, thank you to you too. You have made this podcast what it is today and I'm so, so grateful for that. I really, really hope that I can carry on doing these into 2022. I should be back at some point in that year. Um, It depends on how busy stuff gets and I just hope that, yeah, I I hope to continue helping people and making people's mental health journey as um as as good as it can be because mental illness is 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 bloody tough it's really hard whether you suffer from anxiety depression eating disorders ADHD any any mental illness is so so hard and I think feel like by speaking to all of these different people that I've it's it's opened my eyes to how difficult that some some mental illnesses are because I don't fully understand them and I still don't fully understand them. So that's why I want to continue doing the stress sessions and helping out as many people as I can. What I will say is that I'm not a professional, so don't take anything that I say for verbatim. They're all kind of techniques to try and help people out. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist I'm not a counsellor or a therapist so if you are suffering from a mental illness and you feel like you do need some help or you do feel like somebody else needs some help then take a look at the podcast notes on the stress sessions podcast page on any of your good podcast providers on Spotify Amazon Music these are anywhere there it's it's on every streaming service so thank you so much again for listening i've rambled on for way too long now and i'm gonna end this so thank you so much and catch up with you in 2022